All I can think of, all that's in the back of my mind is, we did it. We freaking did it. That's really all I heard, I think, on, um, what was it? Monday night, right? Oh my god. How many people did you have over at your house watching that game? Only people that mattered. So, but how not, many not, people not that many. I, I feel like you were posting on Instagram and it was like 50 people crammed into a living room the size of, you know, no, a closet. It was just, I don't know, like seven people hugging too, way too much. That's probably what it was, right? <laughs> definitely, Come on. definitely sounded like 50 people. If yeah. You were, if you were listening in, fly on the wall. I don't know. No one's going to bring me down from this. No one's going to bring Guthrie down from this. This is the ACC Basketball Degenerates Podcast. Mike Jaffe has skipped out of town. He is nowhere to be seen, nowhere to be heard from. And you know what's what's fascinating about all this is that he projected that Virginia would win the national title in our very first episode of the season. He doesn't even want to claim that. He's so upset, and he's pouting in his room somewhere. Taylor is with us on the line. What's up, buddy? Welcome from Richmond. I'm here. I'm here. Let me tell you the, the secret about Mike. I feel like I'm the... I'm the Vegas Mike Whisperer on this podcast. Uh, the the real thing is, all of us we we grew up in Virginia. We're Virginia guys. Um, you know, that's a, that's a little inside look at us. To more more or less obvious degrees, I know one of our listeners was totally disappointed to find out I'm not actually like an NC State to, fan. Yeah, yeah I didn't, and I'm I not a Wake State Forest fan. fan. I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't go to NC State, and I'm not. You know, I'm not a a diehard, lifelong NC State fan. But uh, Mike grew up a UNC fan, and he specifically was sending out texts to us saying, hey, just remember to mention that UNC won the national championship two years ago. Uh, he's been and trying he, to cover that up real hard because yeah, I did not know and, that. And he, uh, oh, You're really pulling back the no, curtain here, Taylor. Uh, nothing makes him happier. <laughs> what a development. To, pre- to predict that UVA will win the national championship, be right, and then Leave just like town. declare that the season's over and be kind of like completely contented and completely upset with the world at the same time. Well, I'll tell you what. Two years ago, I projected that North Carolina would win the title. And you know what? I came into the studio and I reveled in it. I, I absolutely reveled in it. But I guess Mike and I are just cut from a different cloth. Anyway, let's talk about this game. It's coming home, Taylor. It's coming home. It is. I mean... What more could you ask for, right? The national championship. Finally. I don't even know what to say. At long last, let's talk about this game because it was tremendous on all fronts. And you know what I think is the underlying current that's not being talked about, except there's one man who's been a guest on this podcast, brought it up. After the, the final call from Nance or, you know, Dave Kane, if, you, if you're listening on uh, the home broadcast, offense wins championships. It does. Virginia was the second-rated offense yeah. all season long. And that's what pushed them through. Can I get an amen? I, yeah. I mean, I amen. There you go. I'll say that. I think, I think if it makes any sense whatsoever, and it probably doesn't, but doesn't have to, the, like, both these teams' defense lived up to their billing. I mean, I thought the defense was incredible, but mm-hmm. the offense was just that much better. Like, I was shocked when I looked at the numbers afterwards. And the Virginia's offense – uh, posted the most efficient performance of the entire season yes. against Texas Tech, against the Texas Tech defense in the national championship game. I mean, talk about timing. That's ridiculous. Yeah. And the Texas Tech offense was doing the same sort of stuff. I mean, erasing two 10-point deficits like out of nowhere just happened out of nowhere. Um, yeah, I mean, as good as the defense was, and it lived up to the billing, the offense was, was even better, um, which was 
kind of from a, for Virginia at least. I mean, you always knew it was there, but it's been shaky at times during the tournament. What I was fascinated by was how Virginia approached the game offensively because there was a whole camp who said, well, they're only going to play mover blocker and Texas Tech is going to switch everything, which happened early on. And then there was another camp who said, no, they're going to do continuity ball screen all day long. They mixed in what I thought was going to happen for a great deal of it, but it didn't happen until later on, which was the three-man triangle action, which whatever you call it, I mean... That's what Chris Wright, our friend uh, at the Saber, calls it. That's what Shashevsky called it. He called it, you know, their little triangle, their three-man triangle, you know, thing in the middle. They played that so much on Texas Tech, and it really worked great. And it meant that Jerome, Hunter, and Guy all had to be significantly involved. They were all getting great touches, and they, no one disappeared from that big trio. The, the final game of the season for Virginia was about Hunter, and it was about the big three. That's my, that's my number one takeaway. Yeah, I mean, there were a lot of changes being made by both coaches on the fly. I mean, and I mean, Chris Beard, amazing job. He's going to get a highway named after him in Texas. Good for him. You know, that sort of stuff. Uh, but I thought the thing about the Virginia offense was at points, it looked tough for them because the Texas tech defense was pushing them so far back. And you saw like those times where Jerome kind of just had to end on an ISO dribble, but they were able to get penetration and the Texas tech defense helped so much. They help with like two guys that's how Virginia was finding open three-point looks, like the DeAndre three that sent it to overtime, that sort mm-hmm. of thing. And the three, you know, a minute later that put them up in overtime. Um, and that the Texas Tech help was really exposed by Virginia's passing and, like, cool under pressure there. Well, I thought there was going to be opportunities for open threes because if you track back to that first Kansas game, back when, you know, KU could shoot threes when Lajerovic was around – they were able to get some of those looks just by moving them the slightest amount. So I thought that threes were going to be open this game. Texas Tech actually did a better job of defending the perimeter than I expected coming into the to the matchup because prior to this, you know, they played a Gonzaga team who had some some weapons to shoot threes, but Michigan State not really a three-point shooting team. Can we agree on that? Yeah, agree. Okay, mm-hmm. and Michigan not really either. So you probably had to go back all the way to Buffalo. I did not watch that game in its entirety, so I couldn't tell you what happened in that um, blowout. But thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's definitely that's definitely astute and accurate. I mean, no, another thing, and this was a concern for me from a Texas Texas Tech perspective going in, was the ability to, or I guess inability really to keep uh, the Virginia forwards off the glass. Like you have to really tip the cap to Braxton Key, Mamadi, uh, and Dre. I mean, they they just cleaned up on the boards. True, and God bless him. Great player, great program man, servant, the giving tree. But I just always thought Virginia was at its best when they were playing the lineup that they did during the title game. So I mean, Salt played about three minutes. And I thought that was influential. I thought that the other guys were giving them more. Bottom line. This is this is the power of the uh, – I'm going to derail our X's and O's talk for a sec. This is the power of the national championship. Um, when Jack Salt comes into the game, I'm currently growing a beard. I'm not really a beard guy. Jack Salt comes to the game and uh, after the game, and my wife is like, oh, gross, I hate Jack Salt's beard. <laughs> and then after the game, Virginia wins the national championship, and my wife, who is – constantly disgusted by me in every way turns to me and says you know what i kind of like your beard i'm kind of like <laughs> first time she's ever said that to me in my entire life 
And, uh, you know, that that was almost the most amazing thing from my personal experience. Was that your one shining moment? Yeah, that was I, that was when tears were Did you sing it out? Face. Because I was singing it all weekend long. I couldn't think of anything else. And I think part of that is due to your influence, your inspiration, or your, or maybe your blame. I don't know. You really got to embrace it. You know, I, I love it. Guthrie can't speak right now. Everyone's asking for his emotions on Twitter right now. I, I just said we're recording, and people are, are immediately responding. They want to know what this man is feeling right now. Yeah, Guthrie, how do you feel? Guthrie, uh, so I'm, I'm fully convinced now that we are living in a simulation <laughs> and that, uh, you know, we just entered the cheat code correctly for, for Virginia to win. I mean, so are you Cypher in the Matrix? Did somebody plug you back in? Did you make a deal with the devil, yeah. with the, the agents, to get plugged back in? And are, are, are we all going to die soon? Yeah, I mean, because, I some people show me, like, you know, the highlights of, of Virginia's run. I just see, I just see numbers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good gracious. You know, it, it really didn't set. Yesterday was one of the strangest days I think I've ever experienced. The day after the title, something I had been... You know, looking forward to waiting, didn't know if it was going to happen all my life. And, you know, even if you are in the industry, if you're on the beat of a certain team, I don't care which reporter he or she, if they claim that they're completely unbiased, that's a lie. Every beat reporter is rooting for his or her team, whichever one they are covering, to make it all the way to the final game of the season. And yesterday, I think I just walked around like a zombie. I, I, I had no, I mean, the emotion of Monday night was tremendous especially in this town, which is Charlottesville, Virginia. People were going berserk. The oh town was on fire. Corner corner was something else. The day after, I was walking along, uh, I don't know, along like somebody from one of those, I, I, I don't know, anxiety commercials, you know, those the sketches. Do you remember those guys? Like, you know, the Xanax commercials? Oh, yeah. Yeah, come on, Taylor. I don't know the commercials, but I know the products very well, my friend. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to say about the emotion besides from long time coming and a lot of vindication in that title game. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, there's something there's something special about reading forum, like forum post after forum post about people complaining when a call goes like your team's way, like in a very defining moment. Like that might be the time in which I realized that Virginia had won a national championship is when I, I read salty post after salty post about how Kyle Guy fouled uh, uh, Moretti before, you know, the Just ball was knocked off. off he tripped over his own two feet. Listen, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, Virginia is the new Duke. You heard it here first. Duke has gone. Duke is the new Kentucky. Virginia mm-hmm. is the new, you know, late 90s, early 2000s Duke. Sure, sure. And... And that's an NC State is the new Virginia. But see, okay, so if that's the case, pe- people, I was reading about how Kyle Guy was the hateable, punchable face on this Virginia team, and I think he, there's only he smiles one, too much. He smiles too much. No, he's he's like such. <laughs> he is he is way too goofy to be like the the JJ Reddick to Who's be the, the punchable Allian. face. It's got to be Ty, Ty Jerome, Jerome you right? Think it's Ty? Yeah, it's got to be. He he talks so much trash during the game. Yeah, 
Like, I don't know how it could be anyone other than Ty Jerome. I don't know. And, and, and he, after the game, he calls out, like, Pat Ford and every reporter. Forty? Oh, oh, yeah. One of those stories, oh, yeah. my God. I actually went great. on Pat Forty. I laid into a bunch of my show. And the and Stephen A. Smith quote. Is his name pronounced Forty in this entire time I've been pronouncing it Ford? Wow. It doesn't matter because uh, when you say something that ludicrous, it's, you know, lack of journalistic integrity. I've never said anything like that, Taylor, that's been so wrong, right? And the year after it happens... Also, Francesa took a hit for this one, but I loved how he responded and said, let me just tell Virginia fans something. I picked him in every game of this tournament except for Purdue. So, yes. <laughs> but he did say that, yeah, their style well, would never win a championship. Nice little apology column, so, you know. Yeah, I mean, he deserves to be um, pissed on, okay? So let, let's keep doing it. No, seriously. Yeah. And, really. And no disrespect here to Texas Tech. I mean, I thought they were amazing. Um, if you're going to go you, clickbait um, columns and just uh, be the blowhard, you deserve to be pissed on. So, yeah, why not? Let's do it. Also, speaking of message boards around, man, did everybody in the world want Texas Tech to win this game except for Virginia fans, right? I think everyone yeah. wanted to cling on to the fact that, oh, this style will never win. So everybody was so rooting for all these teams from Purdue to Auburn to Texas Tech. Not really storied programs at all, if we're all serious with ourselves. I mean, Purdue's in Indiana. I guess that's what they have going for them. But at the same time, when you saw the nitpicking about the little calls, oh, Tytrome double dribble, despite the fact that, who was it, Macklemore maybe walked the possession before, that wasn't called, and maybe Tytrome, yeah, he got his jersey grabbed oh, before yeah. he double dribbled. Well, Nobody wanted to pay attention to fouled. any of those things. People wanted to pay attention to, <laughs> oh, Moretti hit it out of bounds, but they took too long reviewing it, so it should have stood. All that nonsense was just because nobody wanted this thing to happen because nobody wanted to be wrong. Am I right? Uh, I mean, I don't know if you're... I think you're maybe reading just ride the too take. much into it for many people. Well, what's your take, Kit Taylor? What's your angle? I mean, I hate the like back and forth of like, oh, it was a double dribble. Well, he was fouled beforehand. Well, they didn't call the foul. Well, he tripped on his own. I yeah. hate like that back and forth. It just makes me, uh, it just and, makes me cringe. I can't even tell you. It's like nails on. A and the board. argument, the argument that like looking at the replay of when when Dre hit the ball off Moretti's hand and. It being against the spirit of the rule, <laughs> like are you are you serious? And let's not forget Odiasi probably hit it out a couple of possession. Wait, at the end of regulation, oh, yeah, but they that, didn't reverse that. That one, was so. absolutely Virginia ball. Yeah, I and, mean and, the, the thing is, I feel like there's just as much backlash about this as much as there was about you know the the New Orleans Saints no call and the NFC title game. Oh man, I mean there's just about as much backlash, which is ridiculous. I guess people are just looking to pout about something. Well, he, here's my theory about this. You, a you know, on the Virginia beat, have not experienced as much of this as like a team that has had, you know, has won multiple championships. Has been the kind of like people love to root for the underdog. They don't want to root against the better team. If you're not a fan of that team, you haven't experienced this as much as other like fan bases. And you know what? Honestly, if another shot drops differently, if Hunter misses that three at the end of the game. Oh, All yeah. three of us are sitting on this podcast complaining that the refs got the calls wrong and, like, we're the ones saying, like, oh, you know, they shouldn't have let uh, – they it was a yeah, foul. You like, see, I don't complain about that. officials, though. I stopped doing that. I, I stopped doing that a couple of years ago. My best friend gets on me because he still complains about officials and says it matters, and I don't complain anymore. So I, I don't think I would have said anything. Only announcers. Yeah, anyway. Well, let's get back to the game. 
Most valuable player, obviously DeAndre Hunter. I thought Culver was really good in this game as well. Mooney hit two ridiculous shots in crunch time, which I think went a little bit unnoticed how yeah. difficult those shots were with a contested hand in the face, splashing him from the left wing. Mm-hmm. Those were incredible. And uh, let's talk about other heroes in this game. I don't Tyler know. Edwards and, and Brandon Francis. Francis I mean, was absurd. Yeah, I've... both both of them were keeping Texas Tech in the game for long stretches. Oh my goodness! I mean, they had, they looked really great. Yeah, they were they uh, outscored they outscored Virginia's bench at one point like thirty to two or some, something something crazy like that. Yeah, they kept showing that graphic like Virginia bench points too, and yeah, you know Texas Tech bench points like I don't know thirty five or something. So. I also I mean, thought that when Owens went out, it was actually a help for a Texas Tech because I just don't think he was right. He did not oh, yeah, look like himself. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, what did he have? Three points, five rebounds in 22 minutes, five fouls. Mm-hmm. And was really slow in a lot of rotations. So, if anything, it gave Texas Tech a boost offensively, and I don't think they had that much of a drop-off defensively or on the glass when he went out of the game. So, that was what I was witnessing. I agree. I mean, there there was a lot of a lot of hype around Tariq Owens, but like the ankle sprain from the previous game against Michigan State was yeah, just, just was, too much to overcome. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, there, you know, the interesting thing is Culver was getting a lot of heat for his performance um, in the in this game, which is strange. I don't know. I, yeah, I think it's kind of unfair to him, honestly, because. I mean, Dre was on him pretty much the entire yeah, game. He had one of the best defenders in college basketball yeah. on him, if not the best, and, on the perimeter, and he and, had fifteen and nine. Yeah, and like you know, you could see in the second half, getting towards crunch time, they were doing more isolation plays where they would they would pull the rest of the players kind of away from the basket to give him a one on one against Dre, and he would get to the rack every time. It seemed like yeah, he made some he made some really good plays down the stretch. I think yeah, I mean the the criticism of him in this game and kind of in the, the previous game too against Michigan state is that, you know, in the, in the championship game, he went Oh six from three, mm-hmm. including that kind of ill advised three near the end of the game. Yeah. And what, like five of 16 from the field. Right. Um, and it's kind of like his worst tendencies. You saw like his, what people have loved about him and his worst tendencies efficiency wise all season in that game. Like sometimes he takes really tough shots that he just doesn't make. But then he can be an amazing like ISO player when needed down the stretch. Um, I mean, and, he also had five he, assists, which went a little bit unnoticed. Five assists. Yeah, nine rebounds, yeah. fifteen points. I don't know how you can criticize that. I really don't. No, I mean, I don't think there's nobody who really like had bad games that stood out. Um, yeah, I on mean, either he, team. And on I mean, either team. Talk if, about Virginia. I thought everybody on Virginia stepped up. Um, I mean. Kihei Clark. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Who Who's done more in this entire tournament, the entire postseason, to change the way that they're viewed by fans of oh, their team? an entire fan base. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Kihei Clark and maybe <laughs> Diakite somewhat, too. Mm. I mean, Diakite might have played himself into the NBA draft or convinced himself that he's played himself in the NBA no. draft. No. I mean, I thought Clark was fine. I, I don't think I'd write home about it, having three points and four assists. I mean, he was solid, but... Um, oh, Solid is, is selling him so short. Now, the game was about the three. Mm, it was that, about the three, 27, fun. 24, and 16, and Jerome had 16, 8, and 6. So that was the story of the game. It really was. Yeah. I mean, of course, the big three, they had to show up, and they did. I mean, are you going to say Clark 
played better than Key. Key had six points, ten rebounds. I thought that those were about even, right? No, yeah, I think they. I thought Key had a tremendous game too. Yeah, yeah. I think they all did. Bradford Key thing. was was outstanding. Anyway, I think th- here's my question: Did the right team win the NCAA tournament last year? The right team won. I think this year the right team won as well. Well, what is the what is the right team? What is the definition I know, of right yeah, team? Luke, you're going to hate when I say there is no wrong team. The right team always wins. Well, because I would I would number actually number one argue, in Kempom. Number one in Kempom. Yeah, yeah, thirty-five and three. Yeah, it wasn't Duke. I you uh, can make a case oh. for Gonzaga. Well, so I, I would I would argue that, and and uh, this has been said by a few a few pundits, but Texas Tech had a better tournament. They did. They yeah. absolutely curb stomped people. They they just obliterated people. Like Michigan's what just had an absolutely dreadful offensive performance against them. If they didn't have the Iowa State, Baylor, Kansas State run in the middle of their season, and if they hadn't lost to West Virginia in the tournaments, I would have said maybe the right team didn't win. But since those things happened, I don't think I can go that far. I mean, they had six losses coming into the title game. I don't know. Yeah, I I can't get there. In a week, I mean, Big Twelve. It's certainly true that Virginia in a week, did not Big play Twelve, a complete game until the championship. It was their best game of the tournament by far. Yeah, yeah. Which which is what makes a single game elimination format so fantastic, right? Yeah. There are other candidates. Moment, I mean, Carolina, a little bit of a candidate in my mind. The flu got to them. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. The Iona flu. Potentially. I mean, they really looked terrible against Auburn. They looked (laughs) dreadful. But prior to Auburn, I thought they had the case as being the best team in the dance, along with Virginia and Gonzaga. I never thought that about Duke. I'm sorry. I could not get there. No, Duke had a had a pretty abysmal showing. If anything, Michigan State was a a much better candidate, if you're looking at that region. That was my takeaway. I mean, the two seeds in general... I could never get there with Kentucky. I could get there with Michigan State. I didn't believe really that much in Michigan or Tennessee. I don't think any of us did, if we're all honest with ourselves. So uh, the candidates for you know who would be the right team to win the tournament, you probably have Virginia. You probably have Gonzaga in there. Maybe Carolina and Michigan State. That's what I'd say. Sure. You're breathing I, heavy over there. What's going on with you? I'm doing the equivalent of just like nodding and smiling to get okay. this part to end. All right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, what do you have to say next? Come up with another angle. I got nothing. I mean, I'm gonna revel in this, and I'm already, I'm already like devouring every single uh, column about the 2019-2020 season. Yeah, dude. Well, Looking ahead. we still have it confetti feels- on us over here because we've been in Charlottesville, so we're gonna continue to revel. And thank God that you know a lot of arguments will just be over. That's what yeah. I'm looking forward to and the most about next season. So let's start talking about next season. I know Guthrie loves coaches more than anything in the world, so let's go there. We're going to do an entire episode about about the offseason stuff, so we'll, we'll save that, I'll say. Coming but, soon. Uh, we, haven't, we haven't even mentioned the whole like narrative, and this was a year and a title for narrative, of the first number one seed lost to a 16 seed last year, now coming back winning the national championship. I mean, is there but, anything we can say that hasn't been said? Can, is there oh, no, anything I, we can I gush that has... Sure one of us said it, so okay. everybody knew that well, we were you. aware. I'm glad you, you brought that up for us. Really really am happy for you. And and the fact that uh, my, maybe my favorite moment... I've got a lot of favorite moments. Uh, when, they, when some Texas Tech fans threw tortillas on the floor oh, during yeah. the game, which was amazing. And like the TV people cut away, 
and like did not know how to handle it. It was fantastic. Dough goes in, tortilla comes out. Guns up. <laughs> Can't explain that. Dough down. Actually, you know, funny enough, uh, or I should say funnily enough, the that moment where the tortilla was thrown on the floor was actually like a pretty pivotal moment. Like, yeah. Like Texas Tech had just went on, they, they had just gone on like a pretty tremendous run and Virginia closed out the half like pretty strongly after With the tortilla the three yeah yeah after kyle guy the, after kyle guy took the tortilla and handed it to the cameraman the tortilla was a false flag yeah i think so things things got cheesy after that one tortilla <laughs> they, moment they, they had to wrap it up <laughs> oh, look at yourself <laughs> he's a, he, he's a father he's a what father are you doing? He, what are you doing right now well, all I have to say joke. is it's coming home. It's coming home. Okay, Taylor, is that all we have to say? Is that's that all, all you that's called That's all we in? got to say for now. Really? Are you serious? I mean, what is there more to say? Danny Manning's still around. Mike Young is in Blacksburg. Buzz is in College Station. Mm. And Mick Cronin, got, who got three once, said, once upon a time, said was the uh, was the better version of Chris Mack. Is in L.A. He was the I, the shining, you know. He was the high. No, he's the Jekyll to the hide of Chris Mack. Guthrie so. loves Mick Cronin. He hates Chris Mack. It's hard for me to keep track of Guthrie's coaching. You know, carousel love. Yeah, neither can Vegas Mike. Vegas Mike was texting out. He how he, mad are you yeah. that Mick Cronin is? At yeah, UCLA? I was confused. And I was Mike, like, what, what are you like, about? You, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm fine. He got a raise. He deserved it. It's great. <laughs> Get the men a raise. Uh, okay, and then Taylor, Taylor, uh, we were we were talking like shortly after this happened, and like the one of the top comments that Taylor wrote off to me was like from a Cincinnati fan. <laughs> it was something like, "Oh, so Cincinnati can make it past the Sweet Sixteen now?" Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah. Time Which to. We're I not going to fight it anymore. Yeah. yeah. All right. Finally, who's gone? Breaking news earlier this morning. I don't know if you all saw it, but um, R.J. Barrett is announcing for the NBA draft. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. I didn't know. Taylor was a little bit put off by that. Breaking news to him. For Virginia, (laughs) I think that Hunter is gone. I think that Jerome is gone, and I think the guy is probably gone as well. You think? On draft boards, he is not yet. He's still outside the first two rounds. He's not. He remains undrafted. Really, is he? Yeah. Yeah, Well, then in that case, maybe not. Yeah, I I take it back. I think there's a strong... Well, I mean, based on that, I think there is a strong case that he, uh, there's a strong chance he'll stay. I, I, I've also read, uh, Taylor alluded to this earlier, but I've read that Mamadi Diakite is, is like almost like he, oh. he's considering going. He could, he could taste it. He wants to be what DeAndre Hunter is. Every time he took a three and Virginia fans had a yeah. minor, you know, aneurysm because he clunked one. Uh, oh, he which, bricked know, I, those I, those threes I, against uh, Auburn. And he took one again. He took one in the title game. Yeah, yeah. He, he, I mean, the balls on him. Congrats! I give him a clap for that one. But yeah. I mean, he must have taken more threes like in the final four than he took all season. Do you want to know something from watching practice when he was a redshirt freshman? No, not a redshirt yeah, freshman. When he was a true freshman and did not see the court because he was redshirting, I think he was a much better three point shooter. But he was like a beanstalk mm. of a player. Now he's I'm, just, I kid you not. He's just—he just, you know—he got really strong and didn't recalibrate his shot. Maybe. 
And that provides another question. Do big men at Virginia get worse at shooting threes during the progression of their career and guards get better and wings get better? Because I think Wilkins got worse at shooting over the course of his years, right? Mm. Mike Toby maybe got a little bit worse, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Who knows? You don't take as many in the system unless your name is Jay Huff. I I just don't know. I mean, maybe Darion Atkins went went downhill a little bit. I don't know. Well, if you're a Virginia fan, maybe it's a a blessing in disguise that Mamadi was missing those those threes. I can't see him or going in the draft. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you he can't had, go he, early unless you're a first so round pick. He's had an incredible. He's had an incredible like 30, 40 days or so, I'd say. But I really, I don't. I, I mean, I don't think he's gonna get. So drafted. Virginia will have a pretty good starting lineup next year if everybody, if those two come back. I mean, yeah. Jerome and Hunter are gone, but if you have Guy, Marcel, Clark. Key and Diakite with Huff first off the bench or Huff in the starting lineup, depending on how you want to go. That's that's not bad. That's a competitive yeah, that's team. That's quite good. It's an excellent team, actually. Compared to what Duke's going to have, Duke's going to drop off some, even though Trey Jones is back, guys. Breaking news. He's oh, back. Oh, yeah. I saw that. I was like, actually kind of happy to hear that. Yeah, why not? <laughs> <laughs> I know you're, you're, like, you're like, whatever. <laughs> Who's back on NC State, everybody? Or did they get another transfer exodus, which happens about every half year? Oh, yeah, it's going to be. Well, SKJ's not there anymore. Oh, they actually did get a transfer. I was just seeing this the other day. I can't mm. remember who it is. <clears throat> North Carolina will be fine. North yeah. Carolina is not going to have a drop-off here anytime soon. I mean, I don't see them getting anywhere outside of the top four or five, right? Um, Amen? Walker? Yeah, I don't know. Jaffe? Where are everybody. you? Yeah, well, what what else? I mean, this is a rare year for Carolina. They have two one-and-done players. When's the last time we've said that about North Carolina? Yeah. Now, that's a question. Luke. You don't have to say yet to it. Just I don't know. I have no clue. When was it? I'm agreeing with you. Uh, Tony Bradley? Who else was on that team? They have, they have a guy like, what, Armando Bacat? I don't know how you pronounce his last name. It's probably terribly wrong. Who's like... Interested, they hope he commits. He's not a commit yet, but that's mm. their like targeted big man guy. Wow, right? He's is he committed already? Taylor's on the recruiting trail. I love it. I, mm. I'm not gonna lie to you. Let's dive at in about at about like 3 a.m. the night of the championship game. I was already on YouTube watching a Kadeen Shedrick uh highlights. His name is a, uh, it's Caden, by the way. Caden. Oh, oh, well, that is just. Terrible. That's we can cut that part out. That's no, really we're not weird. cutting that out. It's staying in. Anyway, Caden. Caden. Thank you. Yes. What's he? Three star, four star guy. He's I was a four watching. star. He's gonna redshirt. Don't worry. Yeah, I mean he most likely. He looks like he weighs about you because know, I mean Virginia pounds. also has Cafaro, who is you know the Argentinian monster who's gonna be available next year. So I don't know. I enjoyed watching Kafaro's face in the back when they were receiving a trophy presentation. He seemed to be enjoying himself. How many shots do you think Cody Statman hits next year, over or under? Oh. 15. More or fewer than Grant Kirst? No, more. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Well, that was a wonderful podcast. Well, what a year. What a wonderful yeah, year. Yeah, what an incredible year. Any, what a wonderful uh, any last words? Do you want to tie a bow on anything? Did we hit all the, the big ones? Taylor was throwing shade at some of my angles, but I, I mean, I, I don't know was why. I? He's, yeah, I don't know why you're here. You're here to just nod along, right? Yeah. 
My yes, man. What a fitting way to end this season. Well, no, it was a great season. It was fantastic. There was the redemption story. There was a lot of action in the ACC. Had the best player, had the best team. Had North Carolina, who was tremendous too. Florida State, I know they only made the Sweet 16, which but they were a better team this year than their Elite Eight run. I will say that with authority. Ten times over, right, guys? Any Right? Uh, I'd agree with that. Yeah. Overall, we're, we're overall, Taylor off. overall. Taylor, overall. Taylor's off, Guthrie. You and I are going to have to close this out as Virginia fans. I just want to say I love you. We hugged a lot. Maybe uh, some tears were shed, oh. but a lot of shouts, a lot of primal shouts. Tears were absolutely shed. And that's what matters. We'll see you all next season or maybe in our off-season podcast, which apparently is going to happen. If you'd like to contact the podcast, you can find us at ACC B-Ball DGENs on Twitter or on Facebook. Look us up, ACC Basketball Degenerates Podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, all the platforms. And also you can email the pod if you'd like to send us a question, feedback, or if you'd be interested in sponsorship. We are at where you're ACC B-Ball DGENs at gmail.com. And that's going to do it. This is Luke, DGEN1, signing off. For the season, off-season topics may or may not occur in the upcoming months.